Hello and welcome to another edition of Editing Aloud. And after a long break, it's very good to see you all again. We've all just listened to uh, Finance Minister Malusi Gigaba give his first medium-term budget policy statement. Um, I'm not sure what the rest of the panel think. We'll get there soon. I thought it was a very different Malusi Gigaba to the one I've come to know and write about uh, over the years. I remember very clearly uh, attending a, a dinner with him about five or six years ago, probably even more, where he specifically said to a group of businessmen that he didn't believe very much in private uh, public sector partnerships. Today was very different. He was um, uh, laudatory in his comments about the business community, uh, insisted that they needed, needed to be partners with uh, the government going forward into very rough waters. And um, yeah, Tim Cohen, I thought he was a different guy. Yeah, I mean, this was interesting. I mean, uh, the, um, the, uh, you could tell there was a lot of a, a, attempts or, you know, his intention was to sort of pour cold water on everybody and to be kind of rational and uh, yeah. uh, inclusive and uh, really he didn't put his punches in the, in the speech. I mean, that was the, the good part about it was that, he, you know, he never tried to hide any of the problems. He said specifically several times, you know, that there's no point in doing that. There's no uh, uh, value in uh, trying to pretend that we're not in a difficult state um, but still he had lots of things lots of problems to deal with so yeah. you know he, it's not as though he could have done much else I suppose uh, least of which or uh, right up there um, Sikonati would have been the president himself who sat or kind of vaguely sort of lay in his bench um, listening with eyes closed to uh, to his finance minister talking um, uh, and he would have had to hear some pretty hard facts that the uh, revenue shortfall uh, f uh, that SARS is going to face this year is 50.8 billion rand, uh, much higher than originally thought. Growth is down, the forecast for growth this year is down from 1.3%, which is already low, uh, to 0.7%. Um, deficit has grown from uh, uh, um, under 4% to 4.3%, the forecast. Um, uh, lots of bad news, but as Tim says, he wasn't spare with the facts. I mean, they were they're harsh and they're there. I, I know you're a critic and I'm a critic as well, but what did you think of the budget speech? I'm glad you're not accusing the president of falling asleep. No, I didn't know. I mean, no, he, he was, was listening carefully with his <laughs> eyes closed. He, he closed his eyes yeah. to take it all in Absolutely. And, and, and internalize yeah. The, yeah. The, the bad news. Yes. Now, you, you are quite correct in saying he, he, he didn't try to hide the facts, but yeah. that's only half the story. Yeah. He only spoke about the successes they have made and neglected the failures they, 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 they have made. And those people that he, he, he spoke about having appointed at South African Airways, they have not started. That's, that's just the start. The, uh, the chief executive starts on the 1st of November, the chief risk officer. Uh, I, think she, I think he's starting a week later uh, than that. And that is just the, 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 the little part. The big part is, what are you going to do with that 13 billion rent? Yes, you've gotten rid of Tutu, but uh, she had hollowed out the whole organization there. There's a whole lot of effort that must be put into South African Airways. And of course, it is the failure of the government and, and of it's an idealistic uh, problem here when he says we need South African Airways. He knows only too well that we don't, but he's trying to protect those jobs in order to save I was interested in that because he says, you know, his argument o o for South African Airways for retaining it in under, under state control is that South Africa needs an airline, a, f a flag carrier to project itself internationally. So why doesn't he just split the airline into a foreign airline, 
flying to Africa and the rest of Africa and international it's nonsense and, that and privatize the domestic one. It's nonsense that we need a flag carrier. In fact, we could get any of these governments to pay us for carrying that flag on their own aeroplanes, uh, royalties uh, to, 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 to the treasury. For, for carrying the brand South African Airways, we'd get rid of the assets. And, and you seem to suggest that all that was left remaining to do was to find 3.9 billion rand. Is that... Yes, and then he says we are, going to, we are going to sell the, the, the family silver in order to find to fund this thing that will never work. As uh, Telcom pays them uh, a billion rand every year in dividends. Now today you are selling as a uh, Telcom. What are you going to sell next year when when SAA needs a bailout? What are you going to sell next year when Denel needs a bailout? But with the state pulling out, if you're a tel telecom shareholder, that's got to be good news, no? Th th that is good news. Yes. Uh, but you, if you're a taxpayer, that is bad news. Charlotte Matthews, he also uh, spoke um, about mining very briefly. He said something along the lines, and I can't find it in the speech at the moment, we were once a great mining economy and we can be, we can be so again. What has to happen to get back to great? Well, he identified some of the issues in his speech. He said, we, he certainly identified the issue of regulatory certainty. Mm -hmm. And he said, we've got to achieve this in the mining industry. But he didn't actually say how or what he's going to do about it. He made a lot of good noises, but we, there's no action plan here. Obviously, the matter is before the courts. So. Is a medium-term budget policy statement the place for detail? Or, 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 or was he, is it reasonable that you use it to set a tone um, obviously within broad targets, broad fiscal targets. Well, it's the, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's the kind of, um, it's like the interim statement in some ways. Yes, it, I mean, it is the, the place for, uh, for, for very specific numbers because you're constantly updating them and you're constantly uh, um, uh, making sure that your targets are, you know, that everything is pointing in the right direction. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, I thought, I thought that this, the revenue miss that you were talking about was just extraordinary. I mean, and just to put it into context, um, last year, the revenue, the missed revenue was, uh, was 0.3 billion rand. This year, it is 50.8 billion rand. I mean, that is a fantastic miss. He, he said it was the highest miss that they'd ever had. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I'd like to go back and see, uh, you know, I don't think that the, the, it's not only the highest, it's the highest by, a, you know, an extraordinary yeah. proportion fortunately, as far as I remember. Fortunately, to save all of us, Hilary Joffe is on the line <laughs> from Cape Town. Hilary, good afternoon. Um, um, to get from 0.3 billion and, and undershoot last year, to an, an undershoot of 50.8, 51 billion. Um, what's gone wrong? Uh, Peter, I hate to, I hate to um, correct my colleagues, but it was in fact 30 billion last year. And uh, the, the highest revenue shortfall in the democratic era was 60 billion in the year of the financial crisis, 2009. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but but I think this is certainly the highest since the financial crisis. The highest peace. The highest peacetime. Um, the highest peacetime shortfall, if you like. How did, that, and, how and did it happen? How did it happen? Well, I think it's it's the economy falling short, but it's clearly also some issues specific to tax policy and, and, and what one would call tax administration, in other words, SARS. So I yeah. think, first of all, it's got 
to the point where more tax increases aren't bringing in more tax. They're actually um, alienating taxpayers and weighing on the economy, starting to weigh on the economy to the extent that you kind of raise rates and you get less revenue, which is kind of a well-known phenomenon. The, which is the point that you made in a column this week. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, yes. this, this shortfall comes on the back of Pravin Gordon's tax increase last year, right? Correct, correct. In fact, quite steep increases in especially personal income taxes over the past years so we're kind of hitting the wall here i think in yeah. in in terms of what you can extract from a a narrow tax base in a weak economic climate and add to that corruption in government which makes people think well why should i pay if nobody else is yeah. in government and a SARS, which um though mr moyani would deny it is by all accounts in a bit of a shamble um and you've really got some some serious problems on the revenue side and I think the kind of overperformance of revenue, which, which uh, the Treasury had got used to in the past and relied, the finance ministers of the past had relied on, I think that the budget documents today actually make it clear that they're not expecting that much more of it. So that's a serious problem. And, and, and really, these numbers, Peter, are absolutely brutal. I have never seen unvarnished numbers like this. And I think what the what this budget is to me i mean some people have welcomed the realism you know yeah. uh not tried to varnish this in any no. way i think what it reflects is a complete paralysis uh no decisions have been made he looked the treasury gave him these numbers he looked at these numbers it's kind of what they gave him three months ago there's no effort to do anything on the tax side even at a very high level or on the expenditure side, even in a high-level, non-detailed way, to um, manage it down, or even decide whether it should be managed down. And that's all been kind of flipped over to this committee, which is going to report to President Zuma, which presumably, after the elective conference, will apply its mind and come up with maybe something in February, or maybe not. Yeah. Henry, just help, help, help us, or help me, or maybe all of us, there was, there was much made before Praveen Gordon uh, uh, left the government about fiscal consolidation. Had we made promises to uh, the ratings agencies or creditor countries or creditors generally on fiscal uh, consolidation? And if so, what were they? Yes, we had made promises and we had even made progress, in fact, on fiscal consolidation. Um, uh, each year we had sort of not quite made the targets which we set ourselves and we'd had to push out the consolidation a little bit um, and we said to the rating agencies, well, we have a plan. That was the sort of Praveen Gordon and Tlantlanene era, if you like. Sorry, Hilary, so when we're talking about f fiscal consolidation, it's the bu is it the budget deficit or is it uh, debt v GDP? I mean, it's basically debt to GDP. The, the, the kind of core promise of fiscal consolidation is we will stabilize the level of the public debt to GDP. We will stop it rising and we will start to bring it down. And to do that, obviously, you've got to um, run lower and lower deficits. Yeah. Because each year that you run a deficit, you add to your borrowing. So um, I think the, the fiscal consolidation promise is that we were bringing down the deficit yeah. and therefore at some point the level of the public debt would stabilize yeah. and 
Um, it was even in February, they pushed it out and out a little bit, but even in February, it was supposed to stabilize, I think, next year, 2018-19, and then start coming down. Just before, we, before we let you go, he, he said that there were four things that the government had agreed to do to meet all of these horrible challenges. One, he was going to, the, he was, he was going to pare down the contingency reserve so that there was less money available uh, in emergencies. Second, um, he was going to consider fiscal efforts to address the revenue for shortfall. Is that a tax? Is that tax and incre tax uh, increases? Um, uh, thirdly, he was going to maintain the ceiling on non-interest expenditure. Um, uh, and fourthly, uh, government recognised that the best way to ensure the sustainability of public finances is to achieve higher economic growth. Which, in itself, just recognising that growth is important is a is a is a big step. I do think that was important. In fact, the language of the budget speech, I must give him credit, the language of the budget speech was the language of growth and, um, and, and so on. And I think that is quite important as a recognition. But yes, the first three measures, um, well, yes, sticking to the expenditure ceiling, yes, that is quite a decision. They did actually bust the ceiling this year because of the state-owned enterprises. <laughs> they went, they've now gone over the ceiling, and one of the things the rating agencies had clung on to was that they were sticking to the ceiling. Uh, but now they've busted, and they've busted because of state-owned enterprises, and that even though they raided the contingency reserve, which they had in place, and they drew, they've drawn it down, I mean, they're planning to draw it down by quite a... I think it's tens of billions over the next couple of years. So then they've got no reserve in place if something bad happens. Are we, are we after the speech, more or less vulnerable to credit ratings downgrades? Oh, definitely more. Right. Thanks very much, Hilary. And we'll see you after the break. Welcome back. Um, panel, uh, he was also quite uh, um, uh, firm about um, the corruption, I thought, at, at ESCOM. Um, he was going to clamp down on it. There's going to be a new board by the end of November, um, as there has been uh, at SAA and SABC. Uh, has he, is there time to get a new board in, in place by the end of November? Can he do it, Charlotte? I mean, and what, and, and what sort of skills, what sort of people will he be looking for? Well, first of all, he'll be looking for honest people. Yeah. He may have a few possible candidates up his sleeve. ESCOM itself has quite a, a, a strong um, sort of middle to senior management level, but yeah. he needs to make the right appointments there. And of course, he needs some independent people as well. But you know quite a bit about this one. New board at ESCOM? Well, that new board will be the second new board since June. Let's start there. Yeah. Now, you can't govern a country like that. Yeah. There's something called stability, and the market wants that thing called stability. But the current board is clearly useless. So, I mean, it, it's not... The previous board was clearly useless, the, and the Absolutely. previous board was yeah. clearly useless, and the minister in charge of that board is clearly useless yeah. and less than honest. Yeah. So, so uh, and, and she's still going to make these appointments. But he's, but Gigabe is putting his own reputation now very much on the line by promising that this is going Just to be Just like he put his own reputation in 2014 when he appointed the board that corrupted ESCOM. Yeah. Just like he put his own reputation on the line when he appointed the board that corrupted Transnet, that corrupted... Do you, think, do you think that the intervening years uh, that he might have learnt uh, how not to let that happen to him again? Nothing in his body language, nothing in his speeches, nothing in what he does shows us he has learned. He should stand up and he missed a great opportunity to say, guys, 
I was minister of that particular department. I did make some mistakes. Some of the appointments I made led us to where we are today. Kigaba is the last person to, to talk about uh, uh, cleaning up the board. He's, he should start by acknowledging that he is the one that messed it up. All of the public enterprises department. And then only then and then only can we realistically uh, believe what he says. We have to watch carefully. He does have this hurdle to, to, he still has to do the confessing, I think. He still is, has to do correct. the confessing, but nonetheless, which will give nonetheless, him a lot of credibility. He's able to say here, the, the failures of governance, leadership, and financial management at ESCOM are of grave concern. ESCOM, uh, uh, ESCOM's debt has become a significant risk to the entire economy, and ESCOM is simply too important to the country to fail. That's a different Malusi Gigaba, who simply appointed the people he was told to appoint back in 2011. Peter, those are mere words. Le mm. le le let's, let's, let's get this carefully. Absolutely. Those are mere words. Yeah. They, 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 there's action that should follow, and sure. there's never been action where Malusi Well, we've been able to wait for a month, thank goodness, because he's promised, and he, you know, he, was, he was very upfront about how he had, you know, he'd, he'd met the SAA board uh, target that he'd set himself, an SABC the board, and he's got until the end the of November. The difference here is that it's not him that will be appointing that board. It will be the same Lynn Brown that has been appointing all these boards that have continued the mess Malusi Kikaba created. That's the difference here. I it's not him appointing that board. He says government will appoint. Presumably, though, he has, some m he has more influence now in cabinet or in the government than, than he ever has had. And I mean, if Lynn Brown produces um, uh, uh, you know, a nobody or somebody with a dodgy record or mm. whatever as chairman or CEO of ESCOM, th the Treasury is just not going to allow it to happen. I mean, it, it, Treasury has the ability to impose some restrictions in terms of its guarantees um, on who gets to run the companies for whom it issues the guarantees. Well, uh, yeah, this is true, but it's also not true because you know that there's, n there's now this new mandate that he referred to in the speech. Um, uh, you know, and I also think, uh, you know, he, he, it's, it's quite a lot of it is where you stand within cabinet. If you are, if you are the public enterprises minister and the president says, appoint these people, you know, you appoint these people. If you're the finance minister, you're, you have a different responsibility and you have a different uh, function. And your function is to try and sort of inject some reality into the, um, into the whole process. But just on the ESCOM thing, you know, he, the, the, he makes these very valid points about ESCOM and so on. But, you know, the, uh, but he has shifted out you it's not on the speech but he has shifted out the uh, the government guarantee of ESCOM's debt which is 250 billion rand which was supposed to end you know this year he's shifted it out for another five years so I mean they the uh, I mean the, which I mean I suppose he didn't have any choice but to do that but uh, no. uh, it's still it's still you know there, there is a difference between you know what happens at the speech and what happens in reality Sukhanati also promised to bring in a strategic equity partner for SAA, which everybody's been asking for for a long time. Just one step back to uh, at ESCOM. Yeah. Manuzi Kikaba has got absolutely no say, not even a veto power on who becomes the director. That's th th that's exclusively the, 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 the ground of the public enterprises minister. Uh, he may express his desire or, or, or lack of desire for a particular individual, but the public enterprises minister appoints that person, and if the president said that one comes onto the board, that but one does well, come onto the board. You can't surely be arguing that all we heard today 
with simply words and that none of this has any effect. Show me action, then we can talk. But he's just given the speech, right? So we've got to give him a bit of time to... Show me action, then we will talk. Uh, I have said to you and I will say it again. What do you think of the new SAA Watch carefully what Malusi Kigaba does, not what he says. Yeah. Mm. What about the new SAA board? What did you think of it? Uh, first, we're talking about the strategic equity partner. We've had that for, for, for over a year now, and there's no strategic equity partner. Bain and Company did produce that uh, document he's talking about. Yeah. Guess what? Four years ago, five uh, years ago. Uh, what, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, uh, 18 months ago. Yeah, Guess right. what? They are still waiting for an appointment with the finance minister. Uh, the document was ready eight months ago. Bain and Company has not even met Malusi Kigaba to give him that document. He just knows the document is complete to introduce a, st a strategic equity partner and all that uh, reintegration of the airline businesses. He has not even met the people that produced that report. And he then stands here before the world and says, we will do this. Watch you very well, my words. Watch the man's action, sure. not what he says. For sure. But you know, I mean, it is interesting. You were saying that the, uh, you know, a lot of the speech did seem to be directed at uh, the president. You know what I mean? It did, yeah. He did seem to be addressing the president, and he is putting down. This is his opportunity to, you know, to to uh, uh, to put his case publicly, so that you know, if 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 anybody does something different to it, yeah. you know, the, the, the he can he, say that he he's can say he, yeah. he's the, the uh, uh, it, it sort of creates a crisis in government, you know, the, uh, yeah. so, uh, and a, a lot of that was, and he did use that opportunity. I would give him credit for that. That he definitely did. Charlotte, um, he did mention nuclear. Um, he said, and this is the only mention of it uh, in the speech, um, during the presidency budget vote on May 31, 2017, President Zuma reaffirmed the view that, quote, with regard to nuclear energy, we iterate that the program will be implemented at a pace and scale that the country can afford. Malusi Gigaba himself has uh, said at least twice in the past two weeks that we can't afford it right now. So what were the Russians doing here and why do we have a new energy minister? Well it's not just that, at this very moment um, our mining minister, Minister Zwani, happens to be in Russia um, attending a Platinum Group Metals conference, uh, which would be, yeah, be very interesting to know who's paid for that visit. Yeah. It looks as though the country is deeply beholden to Russia yeah. on the nuclear deal and again what Gigaba says and the actuality could be very different. He's simply making the right noises to appease the public and the foreign investors. But he, but he, ca but he, 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 whatever he may be told to do, unless the presidency, as seems to be the case, is going to be ta is taking over the function of budget allocations, which then he will have to fund somehow. Um, uh, he basically has made it clear, and he seems to be uh, reaffirming it here when he requotes uh, uh, Zuma. Um, that we are implemented at a pace and scale we can afford it. And then he's saying we can't afford it. And he actually hasn't made any allocation for nuclear in this budget. Yeah. So there's no money set aside for it. Right. So there would have to be some sort of special vote for it. Absolutely. Mm. Give him credit for that. He has refused uh, to, to go ahead with the nuclear uh, program. Uh, and, and, and that may very well be the signature on his own dismissal letter. Uh, we have heard all these rumours. Well, this is the thing. I mean, how real are these rumours that Gigaba himself is now under threat? 
Well, the president has always planted rumors before the action, yeah. and, and I wouldn't be surprised now. Of course, he could not have gotten rid of him last week when he got rid of the other people. Yeah. Now that he has made this speech, and I would believe that speech is quite stupid in, uh, from the president's perspective. Uh, he's got his men to, to do the nuclear, and Kigawa may very well not be able to present the budget next year. Good grief. And talking about uh, President Zuma getting rid of people, uh, Tim Cohen, there's a story on the front page again of Business Day about um, some new probe request, uh, for and, the, and the request is from an unknown person um, targeting Saul Ramaphosa. Could he, could he really fire Saul Ramaphosa before uh, the December ANC December conference? Well, uh, yeah, yes. You know, I mean, this is part of a theoretically a competition, uh, um, an abusive dominance competition program. But you know, it's um, uh, it's just incredible how the 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 um, you know the arms of the state are being are, have now completely fallen. Uh, are completely part of the, you know, the political succession battle. Uh, I mean, it's very depressing to see this. I think that they've uh, that they've suddenly trumped up this charge. I, I don't think it's. Uh, and it's a very thin charge, you know. Yeah, it yeah, almost yeah. looks like yeah. a disguised attempt on Glencore because yeah. Shanduka was Glencore's partner. Yeah. So, th and uh, you know that they attacked Glencore on the Optimum deal. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the. Um, just coming back to his whole attitude, though, he was very nice about business, and he was very complimentary of what business had said, Charlotte. I mean, is there any is there any reason to at least feel a bit comfortable with that? Because he didn't, he wasn't always as nice about business, and he was very good. I thought, uh, well not good, but I mean, it was interesting to watch the tone change of tone on tourism and getting people in and out of the country much more easily. Well, he's very diplomatic because, in fact, when he was first appointed, he had that meeting with um, business leadership. You remember, so he's been making the right sort of noises. But I mean, uh, clearly, he recognises the importance of business. But yeah. I mean, the fact is that they are now desperate. I mean, they're absolutely desperate. I mean, the you know that this is the. Uh, I don't want to make another you know error. So you know, let me hedge no, this no, in. No, no, no. You you just, you just <laughs> no figures. <laughs> no figures. But 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 you know, they have the the budget has set growth at a certain level, and they have under under hit that point for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> for lots of times, that's the happened. The, the problem with uh, with 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 the whole thing is that wherever Malusi goes, things collapse in a heap. One corruption at public <laughs> enterprises. Briefly, he became Home Affairs Minister. He lost exactly 22,000 tourism jobs. Today, without even looking back and saying, I have done a lot of things which would buy him a lot of goodwill and, and, and the credibility he solely, he, he desperately needs. He needs as much credibility as he needs growth. And you cannot anyone no one can take you seriously if you can't even acknowledge a mistake you have made a at, at a very superficial level just generically admit hey we have made mistakes but let's it, fix what this what would it take i mean what would it, what would it cost a politician let's say a young you know fresh-faced anc political leader on the rise to admit that he'd made a mistake julius malima look at him look at him he had to leave and start a new party a exactly and, and look at what he says now, including by, by saying, I made a mistake by supporting that man. Of course, he has not admitted to the corruption that he was accused of. Sure. Uh, uh, but, but look at him now. But he's in a different party. He's in a different party. It's different. I mean, it's easy to, you, he's still still to say man. I made a mistake if you've changed he's, he's still in opposition. <laughs> he's still the same man. He's still the same man. He's made mistakes in the past. 
and and he's he has now stood up and owned up to some of them. Yes, no, that's true. And, and yeah, that yeah. has earned him one a million votes. There we go. Yes. Thank you very much for listening to us, and we hope to see you again next week. Bye-bye.